नमस्ते दी मैसेज ऑफ सावित्री दिस एज दिस टॉपिक इट कैन बी अप्रोच इन मेनी वेज बिकॉज सावित्री इज इन्फिनिटी क्रैम्ड इन टू वर्ड्स बट वॉट आई फील इंस्पायर्ड इज दैट each of the characters in savitri if i may say so conveys a message to us let's see what each one is conveying to us so the very first first character we are introduced to i don't like the word character but there is no other appropriate word is that of savitri herself and there is a reason why shrivindra introduces us to savitri in book 1 canto 1 itself so the symbol dawn savitri is the symbol of dawn so it's very interesting if you take the meaning of the word savitra savit sun has many names for instance there is martand he appears like a warrior he is a warrior and martand martand is the sun which is hidden inside the earth and it struggles to emerge so he is a warrior battling with the night he is the eighth son of aditi who has been cast into the earth martand similarly you have milder names of the sun different many names but one of the names of the sun is savitra and savitri is the sun which is hidden in the darkness you can't see it but it is there so we see savitri being introduced to us right with the daybreak so she is the symbol of dawn and the first thing she conveys to us however dense however thick the night it has a term and an end night is not our beginning nor our end we came to her from a supernal light by light we live and to the light we go so we have come into the night why have we come into the night that to savitri reveals to us savitri the epic the the, the wonderful revelate revelation that should be this given to us it's not just a revelation because it also has an action in it so we have come to the night to colonize matter's night we have brought seeds of immortality so we have smuggled we are those who have smuggled the godhead into this night to repatriate light to repatriate immortality that's why so we are like you know those undercover <laughs> agents so we are undercover agents of the divine <laughs> and we are here to build immortality light truth unity freedom love in this realm of night and darkness and night is a perfect realm for this because there is nothing it's a blank so you start from scratch that is the advantage of the night but of course when you start something from scratch then you have to go through the whole process so savitri brings hope and what is that power that she brings which assures the victory of light of truth that power is love she is an embodiment of love so you see we have heard till now in the famous upanishad satyameva jayate nanditam so we have heard that truth wins over falsehood so but shurvinda is not saying that she is she is satyam shurvinda is saying she is light but she is love embodiment why is he bringing love because we have there is a tendency in fact death one of the things he does is paints an image of truth which is very bare harsh 
we call it reality. You have not confronted reality. So there is a tendency in the human mind, truth is associated with something very bare, very hard. That's not truth. Truth has in its core the flaming love. All the intensities of love. Should be described supramental love. If you read it in um, the synthesis of yoga, first time when I read it, I was completely, uh, what can be called as blown up, mind blowing. When it describes all the supramental intensities of love. Normally we speak of supermind, we speak of truth. But there is in the supermind, in its core, love. That love is the Divine Mother. And that Divine Mother takes birth upon earth as Savitri. So the third message that Savitri, the, the person of Savitri, reveals to us is that we are not alone. Before we have come, she has come. Before the elements have emerged, she is here. So the first person who we see in, in, in epic Savitri is Savitri. We are introduced to Savitri. So we have come now on the scene. Man still a child in nature's mighty hands. In the succession of the moment lives. To a changing present is his narrow right. He sees imagined garments, not a face. The future flees before him as he walks. His memory stares back at a phantom past. He sees imagined garments, not a face. What is that face which is hidden here? That face is Savitri. She is here. At one place the mother says, she says that about Shurabindu also. But for herself she, has, she says that since the time earth has formed, I have never left her. Whenever and wherever there was a possibility for the manifestation of a ray of the divine consciousness, I was there. So this changes the whole conception on which we build yoga till now. You do the effort, then the divine blesses you. You do the effort and the divine reveals you. Yoga is done by man and God grants tathastu. Here it is the other way around. Yoga is done by the divine. Man has to consent and collaborate. Man has come much later on the scene. It is through the silent power of yoga that this darkness so much has emerged. It's literally a labor of love. Where was man when the stars were formed in space? Where was man when life emerged out of rock and mineral and stone? Where was man when plant climbed up as such abundant trees covering the face and body of earth with green? Where was man when on those trees the birds started chirping and the fishes inhabited the waters? Where was man when out of the bird and beast the curious creature called monkey was born? And where was man when out of the monkey the first primitive cave man came into existence? Man is just born. So this idea that man is the one, the inspiration for doing yoga is given by the divine. Somebody asked today itself that, sir, how to know that there is a call for yoga? Well, you feel drawn to yoga. And you feel drawn to yoga because the divine has called you. So it is the divine who calls. So even you see in the story of Bhagavad, Bhagavad, it is Krishna who plays the flute and then the gopis and gopis go rushing. He who is chosen the infinite has been chosen by the infinite. So we see Savitri has come. She brings us this great 
profound truth that we are not alone, that the divine does not govern his kingdom in absentia. He takes human birth. It's the story of avatar. So this is something very beautiful. The two stories that we have of avatars written in great detail. There are stories, all the dash avatars, there is a story. But the two great stories are Ramayana and the Mahabharata. Now, why are these stories written? Because you see, we talk about divine who is there, up above, the sky is so high, our father, thou art who are in heaven, there is always nirvikaro, nirahankaro, very difficult. But when we have the divine embodied upon earth, then there is beauty, there is love, there is delight in the journey. And Savitri, the story of the divine become human, but beautifully human in the sense, up till now, all the stories of avatar are the masculine element. So what does he do? Rama says, I am going to fight. Come with me. If Sita was the leader in Ramayana, it would have been a very different story. <laughs> Once when Rama is destroying all the Rakshasas in Dandakaran, he says, it's my mission. <laughs> so Sita Mata encounters all those other Rakshasas who are crying, uh, the, the ladies who are crying. So she goes and tells Rama, why are you doing this? He says, no, this is my mission. He says, mission is okay. But you know, for every Rakshasa you are destroying, you are also making the women unhappy, full of pain. So destroy those who are, you know, worthy of being destroyed, who are the guys who are ransacking the earth completely. But try first that they change. After that, Rama takes it so much to heart that even when Mata Sita is taken by Ravana, he first tries all means. <laughs> so... Uh, same thing you see in um, in the story of Bhagavad. It is Krishna. Though Krishna is none else but Kali taking a form which is masculine. But the feminine energy in all the story of Dashavatar is kept in the background. For the first time we see the feminine leading in the front. And that's what we see in the story of Mother and Shurbindo. That he brought Mother to the forefront and stepped behind. So we see Savitri bringing this message. That I am here, your mother, the divine mother, the mother of creation, I am there. I take human birth, I lead mankind if man wants to be led. So this is, we see right in the beginning. And who is she? What does she bring? When we read her description, she brings above all the power of love. So what is the difference between Satya Meva Jayate and Prema Meva Jayate, if you want to put it like that? There is a passage where the mother describes... The power of purity, you know, truth in all its bareness is purity. It takes away every sham. You can't put up a show before truth. It will fall. All disguises will fall because by its very nature, your disguises cannot stay in front of truth. We see this in, in unknowable. So it is the power of purity, the ultimate purity. So here we are told that purity, the power of purity, the mother describes, it dissolves in order to transform. What it does is, if you hold something before the pure flame, it will just melt away everything that is false. So at the end, what is left behind is the nude soul. But what is the power of love? The power of love is that which transforms without dissolving. So that's why she embodies love. This is the difference between the bare truth, Satyameva Jayate, and that truth, which is at the core of truth itself and that is love. So we see here the power of love which transforms. So all this is there right in the very first few pages when we are told Savitri. And what does she do? 
she doesn't uh, how does the divine act there is a hint of that the divine comes to take upon the burden of humanity up till now we are told it's not divine's fault we have heard so many convincing stories where we are told it's not god's fault he created this earth whatever evil is there is because of man it's man who is the problem creator well who created man sir <laughs> man didn't create himself so here we see for the first time the divine taking full responsibility of the creation the creator taking responsibility and saying all came back to her earth and love and doom the ancient disputants encircled her so it is not a new story it is happening from age to age there is dissolution there is new creation all the time pralaya and but this time she has come to transform so there is a change of planet seems or we can say that all the six cycles were a preparation for this moment and this moment is the story of progressive um, manifestation transformation no more dissolution so this is what savitri brings there are many other aspects she is the main um, divine mother so you know but let's see what each character brings next is satyavan who is satyavan he is a portion of the lord in the epic he is the supreme lord himself who has become satyavan but all of us contain something of him within us so satyavan is the human soul which carries truth but the truth is covered with lot of dust and all kinds of things it's like if you ask where are diamonds found somebody will show a patch of earth and say you know diamond is found here or where is uh, pearl found so somebody you see this ocean there is pearl at its bottom oh is it now imagine if somebody plunges into the ocean in search of the pearl what is going to happen he will himself become a pearl <laughs> so uh, it's very interesting how the pearls and diamonds are formed but that apart now she is the one satyavan is the one who does something which we are asked upon to do what does he do he knows he is not an ordinary human being to start with it is the soul which has reached a point where it wants to bridge earth and heaven so the human soul its purpose is not moksha for the sake of moksha the purpose of the human soul is to link heaven and earth and that's what we see in savitri when satyavan meets savitri what does he say he says i when i found myself i lost the earth world and when i found the world i lost the self have we not seen several time when we think of god so beautifully then nothing matters and when we are back into the world then we lose contact with the divine so he says give me the key to this problem now why this happens because there is a separation between god and world which we is there in our consciousness at one place mother says the biggest falsehood is to dig an abyss between creation and the lord between matter and spirit so this this gulf remains and we see death constantly echoing it so because of this gulf which is largely within our mind so we have over a period of time millions of years at least millenniums we have developed a tendency that this is god this is world so as a result we respond like that oh this is worldly things this is other worldly and then depending on our leanings we go but our real but always we seek that reconciling key and that's why the soul comes again and again because it is meant to bridge it so who is the gold link 
Satyavan says it is Savitri, the Divine Mother. But what we have to do? When Mother was asked, that Mother, what do we have to do? It's a very difficult yoga. Just reading Live Divine is a lifetime process. Forget about doing, practicing all that Sri has written. And then when we see you, what a difficult yoga. Yoga of the cells, we don't even know what a cell is. How are we to do it? Mother said, but who is asking you to do it? Hasn't he told you that leave it to me? I am here to do it. My body is here for the work of transformation. So mother, what we have to do? Open yourself to me. That itself is not easy given that we are open to 101 things except the divine. Just to open to the divine mother. Simply by taking a name. Everybody knows in this yoga that one of the things most important, one method mother has given is to do japa of a name. But just try it. It's so difficult. Sometimes not only difficult, there are people who have strange reactions like homeopathy. Somebody was advised that take mother's name. You know, I had serious problem. So after two weeks, the person says, this is very difficult. Why? The moment I take mother's name, my whole body starts burning. And until I stop taking the name, it just doesn't, you know, give up burning. It's a powerful, most powerful thing. So this is what Satyavan reveals to us. The secret is, lay all on her, she is the cause of all. And he does the surrender in the beginning. He does the surrender in the end. And he does the surrender on the way. It's not easy as it seems. Because surrender is not a tamasic surrender. It's a dynamic active surrender. When Satyavan said, I belong to you. Means after that, Savitri has gone all the way and come back. Just as Savitri is steadfast in her will. Satyavan is also steadfast in his surrender to the Divine Mother. So this is the message that Satyavan gives. That well, we all carry within us that truth. vehicle. We are vehicles of truth. But we do not know where is it to be found. We are lost in the forest of ignorance. But we don't have to worry because she is here. And the beauty of Savitri and Satyavan is, we don't search for the Divine Mother. The Divine Mother searches and finds us. See, the story is so beautiful. She comes all the way. One may be in the farthest end. In fact, Narada describes, where have you come back from? Have you come back from some heavenly words? Where earth is meeting heaven? You have gone that far? She travels all the way. The call will come regardless of where one is. One may be in the other end of the world. One may be in a concentration camp as we know in stories of Sri One may be anywhere and the call, the divine recognizes when the soul is ready and she will come. But when she comes, you have to respond. That's what Satyavan does. So this is the message that Satyavan gives us. Then there is the message of the parents of Satyavan and the parents of Savitri. What is the message that the father of um, Satyavan gives us? Father of Satyavan is Dumatsena. He is a king, but a king who has lost his kingdom and lost his sight. So he is the mind. And the message he gives us is that, however accomplished you may be with the mind, mind is blind. It doesn't know anything. So how will it regain sight? Again by the grace. It doesn't even know how to regain its sight. So mind is blind and though it comes from the divine, it has lost its glory. 
its celestial sight. All these are things which the mind is capable of, but they are all lost to us. So this is the father of Satyavan, the message that he gives us. And the father of Savitri also gives us the same message, but with a difference. Ashupati tells us that yes, mind is not all that our tireless climb can reach. But there is within us the power of tapasya. He is the lord of the shining hosts. Lord of the tapasya, lord of the horse. Ashupati. Dumatsyana is lord of the shining hosts. So what does Ashupati tell us? There is a possibility that you can ascend from the limiting human mind to a point where the mind's limiting firmament ceased. All the grey inhibitions were torn off. All space became a single body, time a single book. So there is a possibility, but it requires the power of tapasya. But can anyone do the yoga of Ashupati? That's why Shubhindra doesn't describe how Ashupati does the yoga. All that it starts with is that sometimes the mystery, supreme mystery, chooses a human vessel of descent. He is the representative. He is chosen one and he has to do it, open the way. But what does he do? He also reaches the same point, the same truth. He says, well, by the power of tapasya, you can rise yourself very high. But a collective salvation or emancipation of mankind can again only be done by Savitri. So all roads lead to her, the divine grace. She is the mystery of the divine grace and divine love. So Ashipati is the leader of the human march. By the power of tapasya, he comes to tell us that, well, if man can engage in tapasya, he can bring the highest grace down. So, some people ask that, okay, some people don't like the word grace. Huh? They, they are very afraid of surrender. So, they say, see, Shurabindo came to teach us. You still your mind, you do, they don't want to use the word grace, divine mother. And they say that, you know, he came to show us how human beings can become divine. Yes, of course. So you want to do it the Ashupati way? That's what some people believe, that he did it, we all can do it. So sometimes I have encountered such people. So I tell them, please, Shubindo, in three days, silenced his mind. You silence it for three minutes, taking three hundred hours if you want. Just three minutes try to silence the mind consciously. I know of a person who all his life had engaged in yoga. And um, one day he tells me, he was not in Pondicherry, he was uh, elsewhere. He, had, he was called for a talk in one of the bhavans. So, that time I was having my own set of experiences, sheer by grace. So he tells, you know, somebody asked him about his yoga. He says, for all my life, 85 year old gentleman, I have tried to silence the mind, but I can barely do it for a few seconds. Very honest statement. But when I heard it, I found it very strange. I said, why is it taking so much time for him? <laughs> because my experience was that the Divine Mother's Grace can do it in a few moments. <laughs> so, I was wondering. He tried. So, I later on asked him, what did you try? He said, I have tried meditation, this, that, several things. It's a different story that he... When he left his body, it was so nicely, consciously, with prayers and meditation on his heart. So, again, Ashupati's yoga, where does it end? It ends with the grace of the Divine Mother. So, a certain degree of preparation is required to receive the grace. That's what Ashupati represents. Ashupati prepares us 
to receive the divine mother's grace see when there is a conversation between mother and shobindo every time she prepares new things wonderful things i am saying post 1950 even earlier so she goes and tells shobindo you know things are ready when will they manifest when will they manifest means she wants his sanction he says not ready <laughs> world is not ready what does it mean he is ashupati he has to make the world ready and for that when there is a certain degree of readiness certain degree of readiness so effort and grace are not exclusive to each other effort is to make us ready to receive the grace otherwise when the grace comes down and if we are not ready it's a tremendous power so what may happen to a human being we can imagine so there is a preparation effort and there is the grace they go together but mother said very beautifully that at the end you realize even the effort you were made to do the effort by the grace it was supporting your effort inspiring you to do it because that's the law of evolution this is the message that ashupati and dumat sena gave us what about ashupati's wife queen so she is she represents what ordinarily in life in a person who is even good she is a sattvic woman shurbindo describes she is a sattvic woman very she is illumined in her own right but like a righteous person but she cannot understand the play of the divine so she says why do we have to suffer why this creation so when people raise these questions sometimes they are in a state of great readiness we should not just think that they are you know um, some people who when they are confronted with existential enigmas of life so she says what kind of creator is he why has he created this world why he has left us to suffer with very little strength that to when out of our own choice we walk into hell's trap she says all the questions that well there is already enough maladies for man now on top of it he also chooses to walk into <laughs> the trap of hell and then he says an idiot hour she says destroys what centuries built she says i have seen sometimes that a person who has really tried a lot centuries have strived human beings have strived and then there is one person who destroys the whole edifice and then she says that why is it all and especially if we are told that there is nirvana is the goal he says then why all this drama this pain this suffering so she is the man in ignorance but not the ordinary human being in ignorance but is sattvic ignorance there are three forms of ignorance there is the tamasic ignorance that person doesn't care about god he cares for his pound of flesh so if you tell him if you go to this uh, god he will give you 100 swarna mudra he will go there demon altars choose and then somebody will say no 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 that particular one gives 1000 mudras and you have to do nothing so he will go there so he is not even when he goes to god shubindra says very interestingly he says the asura may be very religious they may even do tapasya but ultimately their cult is egoism so there is these um, beings who are going to god but only for their own satisfaction so rajasik man tamasik man especially the rajo tamasik person is not ready for the divine he has to go through life experiences but there is a kind of humanity which shri krishna had, you know speaks of as the deva type so rajo sattvic person 
who engages with life is enjoying life but he has some higher ideals but a time comes when all these ideals seem to smash to the ground because he lives by ideals but he wants his family everything to be fine <laughs> so she represent that kind of a high noble type of a humanity which is yet ready for god though it doesn't understand doesn't know the play it lives by certain shastra beliefs and all those things so she gives us that message that look you will not find the answers if you remain self righteous offer place these questions before the seer the sages and they will tell you what this life is about so what does she does she presents a questions to narad so narad of course is the divine messenger he too has a message for us and when we look at narada's the way he comes down to palace he has a message that ultimately you know this creation is delight but as he comes closer to earth he senses the mortal element sorrow and suffering and then he changes his tone he says yes i know delight is behind but there is this pain and suffering but you know god takes human birth so he sings of the many births of vishnu see this idea of avatar is so marvelous all other you know paths many paths people often compare this that advaita this all this is fine wonderful philosophy but man we need help and when god becomes human this is the gita speaks of three secrets and shubhendra emphasizes the three secrets in the gita and the first secret is god dwells within man the second is god becomes man leads by example and the third is if you surrender to him aham tva sarva papebhyo mokshami masucha these are the three greatest secrets that the gita reveals to us so this god becoming human is the mystery that narada's message that in age to age sambhavami yuge yuge he comes takes a human birth and then at the end he says but you know what queen in this age she has come down missioned to do this work and don't come in the way because she will she is the one born to accomplish if she cannot do it nobody else can do it in the meantime narada reveals to us all the deepest mysteries of fate so one of the passages he says fate is truth working out in ignorance so it is not a random play several places we'll see narada reveals it's not a random play there is a meaning behind each stumble and fall every curve every line there is a deeper sense within it we may not understand we may, it may look like chance it may look like random oh narada even ashupati says random seems the way but it is not random there is a purpose behind it in creation so this purpose is accomplishing itself through fate so fate is not a random machinery of reward and punishment karma oh you did some good deeds so therefore you are being rewarded the only reward that the soul covets is to grow into oneness with the divine and for that it doesn't mind going through a dangerous and difficult fate and the only thing that the soul in man dreads is separation from the divine so fate the machinery of fate and karma is not as we have understood so far that do good and you know you will get uh, a plum post in your next life you will be a top ranking is officer bureaucrat lot of money good house mother says sometimes it's the result of a curse 
and she quotes the Bible. The Bible says it's much easier to make a camel pass through the eye of a needle than to make a rich man turn to God. So all the balances change. Fate is truth working out in ignorance. O man, the events that meet thee on the road, though they spite the though they smite thy body and soul with joy and grief, are not thy fate. Normally we think of it, oh this happened, that happened. They touch thee a while and pass. Has any grief the potential to last forever? Has any joy the potential to last forever? We all know this by experience. So then what is fate? The goal, the road, thou choosest are thy fate. What a man has chosen, the soul has chosen in a moment, Shubhinda says, you have to just stick on to it, just persevere. It will be. This is more true than 2 plus 2 equals to 4. So if somebody has chosen the divine, the divine will reveal himself. In fact, he says to Dilip Kumar Roy because he wanted the very Ananda. So Ananda is the most difficult, you know, is the ultimate. <laughs> and Mother says you have to be super Parsifal. Complete purity, no attach, no pleasure seeking, all this. So when I read, read that conversation, it seemed to me almost as if she is telling to him. And then he asks that, is it not valid? He says, it is valid. It is a divine aspect. But you must, and he says, ultimately if you ask for Ananda, persistently and persevere, at one point you will receive the Ananda. Because that is how it is, the law. You have to persevere and persist in asking. So the goal, of course, uh, I mean, he doesn't say Ananda is the, Ananda is the ultimate. But before Ananda comes, that to Narada reveals, Oh man, what is the law for man? You go through small joys and griefs, now move towards God. So what we should do? He says, lean for thy soul's support on heaven's strength. Take thy daily ways a pilgrimage. It's a very beautiful thing that Narad reveals for man. What is the way for man? Take thy daily way as a pilgrimage. Why it is a pilgrimage? Every day we are moving nearer the divine. Step by step. And through small joys and griefs thou movest towards God. Pain, pleasure and indifference are the disguises, the attire of the rapturous dancer on the way. And she starts shedding these attire one after another. Till we have the experience, the very body of bliss. So this is what Narada comes and reveals. But there is a gentleman who is running through the epic as a hidden fellow. And suddenly emerges when the moment comes, the dreaded moment and it is death. So there is also in every movie a villain. But this is a strange villain. He is a spoiled sport. He is a villain who misleads, misguides, distorts, diverts the message, fills you with despair, fills you with false ideas, picks up a truth from here and there and gives it a twist. He doesn't say there is no God. He starts with that. But he wears many masks. One of them is there is no God. There is this all matter is the only reality. Then he says there is God but he is aloof, far from the world. Then he says he... He looks upon like a witness upon this earth. But he doesn't intervene. All this idea that God will come down, intervene. All this is false. Then he says, 
Well, there is God. You can do some meditation and find Him. Till date, the stamp is so strong on the human psyche. The moment you tell someone yoga, they ask, "Okay, ji, meditation kaise karte hain?" And people will pay thousands of dollars to have a course in meditation. But you tell them that you know, and Shubhendra has said, "This is not a yoga of meditation alone or bhakti alone." And he says, "Some are." Asked to meditate, others are told not to meditate, but just to work. Show me the letter. Meditation is a method, but what is at the core of meditation? What is at the core of work? It is love. Try doing meditation as a formula. Oh, I have to sit in meditation, morning three o'clock. So you'll sit, and then you're feeling very sleepy. So half your life you will spend trying to keep awake. Of course, one has to. struggle against the tendency to sleep in meditation but when it is an act of love imagine you know your beloved is coming at night 4 o'clock early morning will you wake up at 3 o'clock na you will keep awake all night <laughs> or even if you sleep you'll be like a you'll wake up <laughs> time to time is it time is it time this is meditation when naturally we are So even meditation requires love, service. Is it about six hours? I'll work in a department, sit on the table and do it. It's an act of love. When service is an act of love, so love is the core of all these things. Shubhendra speaks of love as the base and the crown. If you read the synthesis of yoga, love comes at the end. We have works, knowledge, and then love. So this is the great mystery of love, and death denies love. So you see, death is not opposite of life. Death is only a little, an aspect that life wears. Why life wears this aspect? When people don't respond to its call normally and naturally, or go a little, then they cannot. So life wears the aspect of death. You see, death is nothing actually. Death there is nothing which can be destroyed ever. It can only change form. And what happens when uh, we come out of the body? we experience existence in different ways so they, everywhere there is existence because there is nothing else but existence and therefore there is nothing like death because you can either have existence or you can have death but death is an appearance very very real and concrete and it fills the human heart with despair and horror the vanity of everything he comes to tell us you know this world is a vanity a nightmare a dream horrible dream wake up wake up to the self enlightenment and go away all this death says but savitri says my god is fire and he sweetly suffers all she says i have come to change this world that you have built your hunger has built so that we see death is the one who prevents us from advancing why is he allowed to make the perfection more perfect that's his job because if uh, very quickly that is described in several places in savitri too high and intense the fire dare not blaze because if it happens like that that the soul expands very soon then the body mind heart life cannot bear it and they break down so death comes to temper down the flame it is its task is to douse the flame but you cannot douse the flame so it comes and keeps throwing and when it seems it is going to completely douse the flame the divine mother is there she is the upholder of the flame 
She will ensure that it cannot be doubt. It cannot be by its very nature. But death will try. Why it will try? So that why I mean it doesn't do it consciously. But behind its unconsciousness also there is a logic of the divine operating. And then death reveals the entire mystery of the inconscience. Savitri reveals to death and in the process she reveals to us why creation, the wither for, where is it going. She reveals to us the secret of evolution that we see the evolution of form but actually all evolution is a manifestation. And that's what our job is to manifest the divine who is within us. So all these mysteries we see when Savitri and death are conversing with each other. So where is the stage of this earth? And there is one single message that earth gives. It says, look, <laughs> if I have to say in Hindi, lage raho sure ki parikrama karne mein. Persever and persever and persever. Tirelessly, she is persevering because there is a faith within her that one day there will be God born in my clay. And for that she is laboring and because of the touch of the sun, constantly there is evolution. One by one her matter is disclosing some secret which is hidden inside till man comes. So man is also the character in this story. What is man's message? Man is caught between the beast and the god. A cross between the demigod and the beast a strange antinomy is his nature's rule. Freedom he asks, but needs to live in bonds. <laughs> this is the paradox of man. Oh, I want my life to be free. So if somebody says, okay, you are free. Everybody says you are free. Don't meet anybody. You are a free person. No, we will sit together, you know. <laughs> Let's have a cup of tea together. Rest of the time I will be free. So freedom he asks, but needs to live in bonds. Because the bonds are inside. The bonds are not outside. He has need of darkness to perceive a little light. And need of death for knowing that bliss and that life. So this is the paradox of man. And therefore he has to pass through the purifying furnace of hell. What is hell? That too is revealed to us in Savitri. And that beautifully we had read the other day. Hell is a shortcut to heaven's gate. In destruction, he felt creation's hasty pace. So everything in this world is according to a plan which is not a plan built by our egoism. That's what Shurabindo, when somebody says, what about this world? It has been built like that, built like that, this, that, Dilip Kumar Roy. So Shurabindo says, you know what? Unfortunately, man was not there to be consulted when this world was being built, Shurabindo's way of humor. But there is a deeper wisdom. So instead of complaining and grumbling to God, we need to tune into that wisdom. Then we will understand, it will be very clear, obvious. It is an obvious miracle. And then all these questions, the way these questions can be ultimately answered is by becoming one with the divine. All other answers are all temporary answers. And where is the divine? How does it work? He work? That too Shurabindo reveals and I use the word ultimate Vedanta. One who has made this world is ever its lord. 
our errors are his steps upon the way he works through the fierce vicissitude of our lives he works through the hard breath of battle and toil he works through our sins and sorrows and tears his knowledge overrules our nescience we are ignorant don't worry he knows <laughs> somebody says no i don't know i have not seen the mother i said don't worry she sees you <laughs> you cannot see so sir same way somebody says that you know i don't know whether i am doing this or that which is right she is watching over you she knows his knowledge overrules our nescience we are ignorant we don't know the path she knows the path she will reveal the path she will carry us on the path so this is the great hope his knowledge overrules our nescience so what do we do then there are times when we can't understand anything everything is all confusing shubindu said in a letter when all seems a confusion just sit quietly and call her so he in savitri it is revealed in this way his knowledge over rules our nescience whatever the appearance we must bear bear with faith whatever our strong ills and present fate when nothing we can see but drift and bail a mighty guidance leads us still through all so this guidance within life behind all the anomalies of life the presence of a grace this is something very wonderful when will he disclose himself to this world when darkness is thickest and dense thus shall the mass transcendent mount his throne when darkness deepens strangling the earth's breast and man's corporeal mind is the only lamp as a thief's in the night shall be the covert tread he enters us unseen hasn't it happened to many people when you uh, how they turn to mother and shubindu outer story is one part but you just wonder if you really look back you will see that she was actually watching over your progress and then suddenly a moment comes when there is a connect but actually she was watching and even this point where the connect took place she was there behind so this is the greatest hope that savitri brings that we are not alone the divine walks with us and he is carrying us we don't realize it but there comes a time when we turn back and see that all the time his hand was on our shoulders all the time it was he who was carrying us even when the appearance was dark even when we couldn't see even when we were cursing and complaining he was there this is the greatest of messages of savitri and at the end what is that power in we see that um, what is the most important part that needs to be power that needs to be nurtured nourished purified refined that is the power of love and we see that uh, repeatedly in savitri uh, in fact in the beginning shubindu says it's the story of conjugal love conquering death now why does he have to use the word conjugal conjugal is a very very human love marital love all aspects of love are there in a marital love it's physical it's vital it's emotional it's intellectual it's of course spiritual it should be all aspects are there in that love and that love can conquer death how by transmuting its human ways to ways divine this what should be those tells us that there is in us this power and energy of love but we have not harnessed it 
we let it be thrown away into procreation and recreation but it should be harnessed and changed into new creation yeah so that's the power and energy of love within us and at the end that is the supreme message of savitri when savitri herself when satyavan is asked how come everything has changed today satyavan has one line message lay all on her she is the cause of all and it is so logical we carry a burden of responsibility on our head myself and children this that so sometimes i ask do you even understand the abc of life all the books you may read you may give entire lectures lecture series on vedanta or tantra or bible or any ism you speak of lectures on god everything you may do but at the end of the day you will realize that surrender is the greatest power because we are really we don't know all this knowledge doesn't help us apart from you know mind loves to play with ideas so to that extent it makes the mind supple and vast and in some people it will trigger a flame inside but ultimately the last point is lay all on her she is the cause of all at any point of time any given yogi even a yogi who is pursuing the path of knowledge at the end he learns surrender how does he surrender shubindu was asked this he says he surrenders his little self to the greater self because that's how he sees it so divine comes as the greater self whom he has to surrender that's how otherwise you cannot cross over so this lay all on her she is the cause of all and it is her heart that has the transmuting the power of alchemy she is the supreme alchemist the energy in creation and what is that power she brings she says very beautifully that to feel love and oneness is to live is all the truth i know or seek or sage so ultimately savitri is the story of the divine mother the story of earth the story of man the story of creation the story of gods and the titans but there are many stories like that yes but the story written from the creator's point of view not written from some halfway home of the spirit some ascension and we write about shobindo did not want to do that that's why in savitri he kept on revising again and again because he wanted the highest vision that has never ever been embodied so it is the story of creation told from the creator's point of view who we are why we are what is our destiny future everything is revealed there and in such marvelous not just inspiring revelatory language but a language as the mother says mantric language it's a mantra of transformation to read savitris to engage in the process of transformation and above all savitri brings to us face to face with the divine mother see there are two ways ultimately it is said that it is only when you have the darshan of the lord that everything can fall away sri ramakrishna would put it like this when you have had rajbhog then that good ka mithai loses its charm so you need to have but how to have darshan of the lord dhruva prahlad what tapasya they did mirabai so there is another way and that is a way mantra darshan i am not sure whether there is a term like that or not okay don't question me but by the power of the mantra it creates within us the image of the lord 
which is much more powerful because that image is the essence of the divine being one is that even if the lord stands in front of us can we really recognize no many people didn't recognize mother shirbindo shri krishna they were all divine beings some may have his darshan but we don't know whether it's the original divine being of course original divine being supreme being you will know it but there are many beings who may come who may wear masks of all kind because human inadequacy as shubhendra puts it here maheshwari their palace athene in the greek context but there is a way through which we can have the darshan of the lord of the divine mother and without much effort some effort yes it is to read savitri and we'll close with that passage savitri has the vision of the supreme and the vision of the divine mother but since it is the story of the divine mother we'll read and end with this wonderful passage at the head now see through the mantra he is giving us darshan that's how i put it this mantra darshan and it's there with us so beautiful that we can have the mantra darshan this itself is enough and you see when you read such a passage for a long time many things just drop away but because it's a transformation they tend to come back because they have to be changed and say mantra darshan but through the mantra to come in contact with the consciousness of the mother and shirbindo so some people ask that but mother and shirbindo are not there physically there are many answers you can give to it but one of the answers is but there is savitri so what is savitri shirbindo's consciousness because he is the author and the mother's consciousness because the mother is there it's the story of the divine mother so savitri is the mother and shirbindo together at the head she stands a birth and toil and fate in their slow round the cycles turn to her call alone her hands can change times dragon base hers is the mystery the night conceals the spirit's alchemist energy is hers she is the golden bridge the wonderful fire the luminous heart of the unknown is she a power of silence in the depths of god she is the force the inevitable word the magnet of our difficult ascent the sun from which we kindle all our suns the light that leans from the unrealized vasts the joy that beckons from the impossible the might of all that never yet came down all nature dumbly calls to her alone to heal with her feet the aching throb of life and break the seals on the dim soul of man and kindle her fire in the closed heart of things the mother is the beginning the mother is the middle the mother is the end the mother is the path the mother is the origin the mother is the goal and to surrender to the divine mother is the way of ways given to man this is the supreme message of savitri
नमस्ते